eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast, our occasional look into Seattle Sounders FC. We're your hosts from Mornings on 1077 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's been in Montana. He's Brandon from the internet. <laughs> Montana. Hey, like the uh, like the FC Dallas match during quarantine or Columbus Crew matches all of the time, our podcast feed is only 25% full. <laughs> <laughs> I would have also accepted any, any burn at the expense of the Houston Dynamo. Oh, yeah, there or, you go. You know what's crazy is I watched that match uh, in Real at Real Salt Lake yeah. at Rio Tinto Stadium, and um, I think that the real crowd noise with forty nine people there is actually worse than piped in crowd noise. <laughs> is it? Oh, question though, is it better or worse than piped in bird noise? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you needed to ask that. It's way worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what were we doing? Oh yeah, podcasting. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you said your part. Oh, do us a quick solid to click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Definitely five stars, but at least two stars, or like Jan, one star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like. Um, uh, so, so that was my intro to a review that we got. Um, and the here's the thing. I don't take these personally. No, no, read it. Read it first, okay. and then we'll, t- okay. then we'll then we'll don't don't disclaimer first. We'll read it first, and then trash talk it. Go. Sure. This person was nice enough to leave both their first and last name, so we could know exactly who hated us. But I will only say their first name. <laughs> her, uh, her or his name, I suppose, is Jan. Uh, it could or be, Jan. It could be Jan. Exactly. Um, but their their uh, their review of us was simply titled. <laughs> avoid <laughs> agree <laughs> yeah i mean i'm trying like as you can tell by the amount of podcasts we put out lately same <laughs> i'm surprised you even checked for a new review this is amazing Let's i know well, i was like i was like hey maybe somebody was like maybe if i give them a good review we will prompt them to put out more podcasts because these guys have been lazy uh, also that would work <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this person says, absolute tosh from two stereotypical loudmouth, ignorant American boys who know nothing about football. Hey, first of all, f*** yourself. I'm a 40-year-old man. How dare you reduce me to that of a boy? <laughs> and I'm almost 30, so fair. 
fair enough. Yawn, yawn slash Jan. And they said, if you want a more knowledgeable American-based soccer podcast, try Listen something else. Listen to literally else. anything else. Like, yeah. Anything else. That, that's what they say. They say, try something else. Literally huh. anything but this crap. And and to that, I say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Half this podcast, we spend talking about sumo wrestling and like, uh, I don't know, Stupid stuff that happens in the stadium and knew who, uh, which, by the way, is not completely separate from stupid stuff that happens in the stadium. You saw him kick that can. It was awesome. It was awesome. How long did we talk about birds in one episode once? You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, I, and not the birds that perhaps, if, since you're making fun of American boys, you don't know anything about soccer in, in quotation marks. Uh, perhaps you're from England or something like that, where you call women birds. But we're actually talking about the wizard bird. Yes. Yeah. Why don't you, you teleport your review back to wherever you're from, Jan slash Jan? Yeah, I'm like, I don't. Um, I, I don't like I was about to say I don't like to read in I don't read in too much to uh to reviews anywhere or like for restaurants for uh podcasts for anything like I read all of those terrible uh reviews about Mulan and then I paid thirty dollars to watch it on Disney plus Jesus. like an idiot <laughs> um, also this podcast can't give you food poisoning so come yeah, on yeah can Mulan yeah. can Mulan yeah. give you food poisoning I meant your bad restaurant reviews but yeah oh okay yeah yeah okay so I watched uh um anyway that I watched Mulan despite everybody telling me not to and guess what I don't know what I expected but it wasn't great uh, oh really but not for the same reason that like everybody else said it wasn't great i like will watch basically any movie and i'm like the worst critic because if you were like hey how was the green lantern starring ryan reynolds i was like that was entertaining i couldn't I have like made ryan that reynolds. movie yeah sure uh i got burned on the star wars episode nine where i walked away from it being like oh, i love that yeah. and everyone was like are you dumb and i was like well Read Jan's review, and obviously, yes. Well, but we also, watched Star Wars Episode Nine together in the theater. If you don't we remember, did? yeah, we we went and saw that in. Uh, wait, or was that Episode Eight? No, I think that was that was the Episode Nine where the all it ends right. You and I, we went and watched that in a theater no, together. We I thought we saw eight because afterwards we were all driving home and everyone was like, that movie was terrible. And you were like, I kind of liked it. We didn't. Well, I think it was walking out to the parking lot because we did not drive together. Uh, it was pouring rain. We saw it in Factoria. Uh, either way, all this is to say is that like I whatever movie it was, everybody walked out like dumping on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually thought it was cool and, and fun and, you know, like Star Wars. Right. Well, yeah. that's how I felt about Mulan, too. My thing was like not enough uh, ass kicking uh, for a kung fu uh, movie, in my opinion. Now, you and I are both Donnie Yan fans, yeah. Donnie Yen fans, <laughs> Donnie and, Jan um, fans. How, how was Donnie Jan in this movie? Was it good? Uh, it was like not enough. There was just not like the the biggest scene with Donnie Yen was him just like twirling a sword around for 30, 30 seconds probably. Wait, are we talking about Star Wars again? <laughs> yep, <laughs> he was one with the Jan, yeah. and the Jan was with him or something, <laughs> and Jan was one with him. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, Jan, thanks for your review. Yeah, well, we no, appreciate it. This is to say, like, uh, I don't read too much. Like, I'm, I'm my feelings aren't hurt, Jan. Uh, give us another chance, or don't. I don't care because uh, we've never claimed to be knowledgeable. In fact, I think we claim not to be knowledgeable. <laughs> or go f- yourself. <laughs> Fair enough, Jan. <laughs> that is that absolute, Jonathan? <laughs> absolute tosh from you, Gregor. 
Uh, he is an offensive comic, and I don't appreciate you bringing him up in our podcast, Jan, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, so you've been to Montana. That's w- exciting, Brandon. Yeah, I went to Montana. Um, I'm a Republican now. Oh, uh, that's because you went to Spokane. <laughs> that on the way. <laughs> it's yeah, like congratulations. It's like slowly, uh, like the further east you go, it's just kind of like there's training phases. You go to Spokane, and they tell you like you hate the gays now, and then you like make it mm. to Montana, and they say also you're racist now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, and COVID nineteen is doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's fake, and it was transported here from another realm by the wizard bird. Now I gotta tell you, there he is. I gotta tell you. I loved Montana when I was there, and I know at least one great person from there. So <laughs> it was I, I. Okay, I will say this: I liked Montana a lot. I've been to, yeah. I've been there once before. Uh, I went on a little family trip with my in laws to uh, to Glacier National Park. They all went fly fishing. I went and rode my bike. It was you son beautiful. of a bitch. You you buried the lead on that. You're like, yeah, oh, I can't podcast. I gotta go to Montana. <laughs> and I was like, well, Montana, the big sky state, is beautiful. You're like you're like thinking I'm in Kalispell or something like that. No, I'm like I just in- thought you went to Bozeman or something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize you went to like peak Montana. Like yeah. you went to the best part of Montana, as far as I'm aware. I, I've have very limited experience there some but very limited it was incredible i mean i've been there before uh but not in like 15 years or something like that um and so not as an adult and i went there and uh and it yeah obviously a beautiful place um rode my bike up to logan's pass that is a very uh long steep hill and Mm. um it was incredible and i will say this uh nobody that i met in montana was mean uh, nobody seemed like outright rude. Nobody believed in coronavirus. Um, <laughs> and and uh, all of these nice people flew incredibly offensive flags on the back of their very large trucks. Um, and I think like the, their attitude was just because there's nobody there that disagrees with them about anything, uh, especially politics or um, whether or not uh, certain lives matter. Sure, sure. Oh my God. So... At one point, you'll remember that I suggested that instead of Florida, like the armpit of BO smell that to the COVID-19 outbreak in America. Um, does that make sense? Does that analogy make sense? Yeah. like Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like that is like, why not have it in a place where there aren't people? Why not just go to Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, yeah. find like some sort of college sports stadium. It's summertime. Yeah. Take over. You have dorms there and stuff like that. You could totally control the whole thing. They could have had a way easier experience with the tournament and had way less fear or pressure from local governments being like, how could you, like, teams being like, how could you go to Florida? It's like where you get the coronavirus. It's like, it's entry point. It is the pop in the balloon where the air comes in and out of, like, yeah. They picked, like, the worst possible place instead of going, like, they could have gone, like, straight to the flight that the guy that had COVID-19 in Washington came from and played a match there, and it would have been equally (laughs) about as big as New York City FC's pitch. Oh, did he know something about um, American soccer? Oh, my God. Go f*** yourself, Jan. But, uh, yeah, you could have, like... You could have played in Montana or Idaho, one of these non-believer places where there's 11 people per square mile. Like, it's... 
anyway. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we know why they went to to play it in in Florida, right? It's because of the infrastructure that they had around the ESPN Worldwide uh, University whatever. of Sports or whatever it's called, <laughs> like uh, the worldwide. It's actually called the Worldwide Clusterfuck of Sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, but like, but like, I totally like. Why didn't they just put it? I mean, well, okay. Another reason: money. <laughs> That's yeah, sure. why. No. Yeah, of course. We know why. But like, for health, like for ninth. players' health and safety. Like, yeah, we no, don't. No, we don't no, care no, about that. And, hey, if you put it in a place where nobody believes in it, it's kind of coronavirus is kind of like fairies. Like, if you just don't believe in it, they stop existing. <laughs> I think we. I don't know if the science is in on your theory yet or not, Brandon, but I will conduct fair research just to make sure that all opinions are equal and counted equally without any merit or any other judgment placed on them. Anyway, well, I, your pictures looked wonderful. You went to the Continental Divide, I saw. That is, yes. um, that's where the water, if you dropped it on the very center, it wouldn't know which way to go left or right down the country. Oh. Uh, coastal, coastal, east or west, I guess you would say. Um, it's the highest point in the country where the water runs one way or the other. We crossed it no fewer than seven times between driving from Albuquerque to Seattle. You could just keep going back and forth over it. It's beautiful up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a neat thing to be able to see, especially if you ride your bike and get out on top of it. Yeah, it was. Did you, uh, did you try peeing on it and see which way your pee would go? <laughs> no, I should. Oh man, I see. I didn't know about this little known see? fact. That you're... Not allowed, Mouth American. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't pee on a national monument. How dare you call me a loudmouth American? Um, I will say uh, that um, I rode my bike up there, and um, which is like an eleven mile long, five percent grade along the whole way, all the way up to the mm-hmm. top to gain like something like four thousand feet. Um, not to say like that's not a brag because I did it very slowly. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think as we're talking about this, what I think happened is is along my ride, uh, I think I met Jan <laughs> because uh, everybody had told me, all of my family, like in my in laws, had told me before the ride, like, hey, don't go up there. Like there's not enough of a shoulder. Um, people are gonna yell at you because motorists get really mad at cyclists when they're uh, stuck behind you going up a hill very slowly, right? Well, nobody, sure. everybody could not have been. Uh, everybody was just so nice. They couldn't have been nicer, except for uh, mm. one. One guy uh, had miles of road uh, in front of me, behind him. He could have passed me a million times and back if he wanted to. Honked sure. behind me, zoomed up past me. I kind of made like the wink off uh, uh, motion. At him just to be like hey man what's your problem uh which is not how he received it because he stopped in the middle of the road got out called me an effing idiot uh told me i wasn't supposed to be up there because bikes weren't allowed i don't know what made him president of uh the continental divide and um and then uh and then proceeded to call say what i was doing was dangerous even though he was the one stopped in the middle of a a very narrow two-lane highway going straight uphill uh yelling at somebody so um it's just, it's Brandon, I wouldn't have stopped if I would have known it was you. It's just hard to tell when you're in those spandex and helmet. I just like, I don't have good ass recognition for you. And I was like really mad. I was just trying to get some photos at Golden Hour of Glacier National Park. And here's this dildo of a cyclist riding in front of it. Yeah. So if I had known it was you, I wouldn't have said all those awful things. But you didn't have to do the wanker sign to me, okay? It, it was just, let me just say, it was really nice to meet a listener uh, out in public. So Jan, uh, anytime you want to say hi again, you know where to find yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love this yawn. The best. Okay, um, so... Um, uh, on my way home from Montana, we drove mm. uh, through Spokane as I progressively got more progressive <laughs> as I moved back to Seattle. <laughs> um, 
I uh, I passed through something like Moses Lake where there was inexplicably a uh, sushi restaurant uh, or at least a billboard for one, which, mm. first of all, don't trust sushi in Moses Lake. I did not stop no. to eat it because that did not seem safe. Um, That's a trap. But the restaurant was called Sumo. And uh, it oh. made me think. It made me think. Like, what's up with sumo anyway? Are they still slapping fat or or what? I oh. see that you're you're sporting the top knot. Uh, just want to, <laughs> just like, are uh, you are you entering or what? Well, I mean, I have plumped up a bit. Just so you know, I uh, six pound gain over the weekend. That's like uh, almost two kilos. I'm like, now I thought I could wrestle. I would be how many ho- how many hakuhos is that? <laughs> I can't do that math, Brandon. I'm an I'm a stupid American boy. <laughs> Ignorant. All I could do, Ignorant. All I could, oh, yeah. And, and look how dumb I am because I conflate the two. So here we are. Uh, yeah, the sumo is, I believe, kicking off this Sunday. I've been very busy with Rubik's Cube to pay attention to sumo right now. And so back on the cube, Brandon. I'm back. I, um, I've needed something to... I don't know. There's like a... On Netflix, there's a documentary that came out about um, Rubik's Cube. It is beautiful. It's uh, uh, the, the the two best guys in the world are a guy called Felix from Australia, and this like super autistic kid called Max Park from America. And it's important. That's a to, sick uh, name, first of all. Max Park, Max Park is a sick yeah. name. Hell yeah! It's important to point out the autism thing. It's not, I noticed I didn't describe Felix with anything, but he is he was unwilling and unable or whatever the Whatever the disability is that wouldn't allow him to communicate with people. Yeah, like non, non-verbal or whatever, yeah. He just had a really hard time. He would only play like a keyboard and then like he got his hands on a Rubik's Cube and started watching YouTube videos like anyone does. Shoutouts to J-Perm teaching me how to do Rue method. Um, but he got into it and now he's faster than Felix and they compete together. And so Felix, who's now old at the age of 20-nothing, is kind of like the elder statesman of the Rubik's Cube world. And he is a mentor to the guy who is beating him all the time. Oh, that's but awesome. Because but because of Max's disabilities, or different abilities, I should say, he because he's obviously the best in the world, so he's that's not a disadvantage for him right. there. Um, he's uh, to watch the two of them come together, and to watch poor Felix, who's been talked about as the greatest all the time, to watch his records get picked off by this kid who like reveres him is a it's a really heartwarming story. So I watched part of that, and I tried to get my wife to watch it, and she was like, "Do you understand that I am a mom of a three year old? I do not have time for your stupid things, <laughs> and also I don't care." <laughs> Uh, and I was like, I had you watch the science fair movie with me, the documentary, and we both cried during it. So perhaps you should listen to your dumb husband once in a while. Ignorant American boy. Ignorant American boy. <laughs> don't listen to Jan, okay? Anyway, um, so I got out of the old Rubik's Cube, and I've been solving that thing to the point where I couldn't find my real good one. I have a real good Rubik's Cube. And I thought it was at work, so I drove all the way into the city to find it. It was not there. It was in my backpack. But I, oh, no. I'm trying to get – I used to be able to solve a cube in under 20 seconds, and I am a currently at about a 32-second solver. It wasn't consistent. It was about 24-second average. Um, but I could get under 20 every you know, 10, 15 solves or whatever. And the idea would be to become an under-20 solver. That's completely from a scrambled state solving it using the uh, Frederick method, which is Jessica Frederick came up with it in the early 80s. I believe that's her name. Look it up. And she revolutionized how to solve Rubik's cubing and started speed cubing. Well, since then, other people have come up with methods, and I'm switching methods right now Whoa. to it's called Rue, R O U X. And let me tell you, it has taken all of my attention off of all of the other things <laughs> in order to 
relearn all these stupid algorithms so I can see a unsolved state and figure it out from there. And it is um, not satisfying at all. My fastest solve is still over a minute. So I've gone in the complete other direction by like 300%. I can't wait to see the documentary about you switching styles. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> and boy. like also like losing your career and family and uh, yeah. your podcast and Jan's finally going to be proven right because you decided yeah. to switch styles and, and devote your entire life to the room method. No, I mean, clearly deserve it. Right. Like, it's obviously, obviously. I, I'm getting what's coming to me. So. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I've switched to, um, switch, I'm, I'm still practicing Frederic because they also call it CFOP because it's whatever. And then, um, and then I'm trying to learn Rue enough that I can actually become kind of competitive with that again. And then I want to go back because you watch the documentary and they go to the, it's either the U.S. Nationals or the World Championships in 2013, 14, something like that. And I was at the event that they're covering. And you see, like, Kevin Hayes from Renton, he was there. He had, like, a lot of, like, large cube world records and stuff. And I competed at that thing. Now, granted, I finished in the bottom 20%. <laughs> Jan was right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I love Jan. I mean, like, yeah. if only to be there to judge me there, I'd be like, he is not very good at this. Stupid American man cannot do this thing. What an idiot. I would avoid him. Yeah. So you're like, sound like my wife, Jan. <laughs> avoid. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So it's been um, it's been a busy couple of weeks for me too. I um, yeah, I got my cube right here, and yeah. there we go. When you said like that guy was into like uh, he had a bunch of big cube world record, uh, that makes me think that he's like just using oversized Rubik's cubes and like <laughs> competing on like massive like like an Amazon box gets delivered and he opens it up and the cube is the size of the box. Uh, I saw somebody on uh, r slash cubers the other day that was 3D printing their own, like, it's something like 350% scale, or, yeah, you know, it's not yeah, that big, it's like yeah, a 3.5% yeah. scale, and it was like a handful of a Rubik's Cube. You know, for people who yeah. solve feet, that's Rubik's Cube with your feet, they will use a larger cube to be able to better manipulate it with our dumb, not advanced, as much as a primate toes. Is that like a... Uh, like a- um, accessibility thing you know how like they make those special controllers for like xbox and playstation and stuff like that where like they make it they you know it all looks completely different so people are still able to uh compete people that maybe like have yeah. uh disabilities with their hands or 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 don't have hands or something mm -hmm. like that like um is that why the the people compete with their feet or are those are there just people that are like uh, nah feet stuff is cool i'm gonna do it with my feet well, as an ignorant American, I don't actually know the okay, answer to okay. this. But I'd like to point out that I think, based on the people I know that solve with feet, that they do it as a challenge to just learn another thing and uh -huh. to try and get the to try and get the high ranking in the world. I just feel but like I, you'd have a lot harder time explaining to your wife while you're watching a video of somebody like smash a box with their feet uh, yeah. if they came into you on YouTube <laughs> doing that. My wife gets mad at me when I'm watching videos of people smashing a box. Let me tell you, Brandon. <laughs> hey yo. No, yeah, so that anyway. was knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I um, I, I I have good memories back to those days. I used to be top ten thousand in the world at Rubik's Cube, uh, and I'd like to get back into the top twenty five thousand. I'm something like sixty five thousandth in the world or something right now. I looked it up the other day and it was like, Phew, well, never mind. That's how big a competitive landscape that is. For yeah. Me. Wow. Uh, then there's also people who do the dice stacking and then the cup stacking. Have yeah. you seen the cup stacking yeah, challenge? Yeah. yeah. 
there's like a certain drop off. It's called I think puberty when people lose their <laughs> hyper fast reaction time to be able to be able to like uh, respond fast enough to get that done. Like you don't have any world champs that are like older than like 13 and those things which is crazy so you're so. saying that like uh if the whole soccer thing doesn't work out danny leva can become a dice stacker yeah probably well, probably too late for him actually oh, sorry so, sorry danny does he have like a younger sibling maybe that's the maybe the parents could switch focus and move across the <laughs> around the world for this dice stacking? this kid's not gonna pay off our mortgage so let's make another <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you invest yeah Americans get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's been a it's been a wild uh, it's been a wild uh, un, not wild couple of weeks of uh, yeah. memorizing color patterns and stuff. Uh, I, how about the world? Of, how about the world of cycling, dude? Okay, first the of Tour all, Tour de France. This is like the one chance where I'll actually be interested in talking bikes. <laughs> I feel well. First of all, <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> I care about no, the things you care about. <laughs> It should be first of all. How dare you? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to take your thing, man. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. So cycling is back, uh, and the Tour de France, which like was supposed to happen in uh, like July or something. There's nothing. There's nothing like calling it France when uh, people France. are making fun of us for being terrible <laughs> Americans. Like that Tour de France. Le <laughs> <laughs> Tour. Brandon has died. Everyone, COVID nineteen got Brandon. I think he uh, has disconnected his recording device. We've lost him. So what he was going to say about bicycles was they all take their blood out and then they replace it with drug blood and then they put it back in and then they ride real fast for forever. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm pretty sure. Great. Okay, yeah. so moving on. <laughs> so the Tower the Tower de France uh, <laughs> is, is back. The Tour de France. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I just don't feel... I don't feel like... Uh, I, uh, I, it's like it's like every time I call cleats boots, uh, it just feels yeah. wrong. I'm not British. I'm not French, right? Right. But I do think it's like when people hear. Um, I think you can say France. I don't okay. know. Tour de France. Tour de Tour France. France. Tour de France. It's like you don't have to say like Iran is a country in the Middle East. You could say Iran <laughs> and be Iran. like. Without being a dick, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Okay. So the the Tour de France, the, the biggest. <laughs> That ranch. <laughs> Put your ranch all over the Tour de France. Sorry, it's ranch. <laughs> I'm never calling it ranch again. It's France ranch. It's France ranch. Like you've heard of French fries, try France ranch. Oh, this podcast is so stupid. <laughs> um, the Tour de France is uh is back <laughs> nobody thought it was going to happen it was supposed to happen in july and then they uh are having it now and they're kind of having like uh what you would call the mls is uh the mls is back bubble scenario which is people are test definitely testing positive for covid in the racers bubble but nobody's talking about it because if they do they'd have to cancel the entire thing and everybody would lose money <laughs> Uh, there's this like like today the, today was stage eleven out of like twenty something and mm-hmm. um and there's a guy so yesterday was a uh, was a rest day um, and what that meant or or was it two, two days ago was a rest day where everybody got tested all of the staff all of the racers everybody who's in the uh, so so called bubble even though there's like fans lining up the streets as the racers are riding through um, the rossers sorry uh, and. <laughs> 
so everybody's in the bubble and everybody got tested. And what would happen is, is if two people uh, on one team tested positive, the entire team would get kicked out. Uh, they would pull an FC Dallas and and get kicked out of the bubble. Okay, but they'd still hang around. <laughs> yeah, for sure, <laughs> for like three weeks, and they just have to watch like. Uh, so one one is okay. One is one okay. Like, yeah. But two. So uh, apparently, four staff members overall from the entire like 12, 15 teams that are there um, uh, tested positive, and they were all they were cut out. So everybody kept racing. But also the day la- a day later, one guy who's like a very strong rider uh, was just hanging off the back the entire day because of who knows why. Uh, there's like no reason he should have been in the back, but he's like huffing and puffing on the back. You're like, that guy's got COVID for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, just, a tra- just a trail of virus coming out of the back of him. You're like, Ooh. Yeah. anyway, so it's it's exciting, though, this year, because uh, my favorite team or the team that um, I have a couple teams that I follow. It's not quite like soccer where uh, football, if you're young, uh, it's not quite <laughs> like uh, football where, I, excuse me, Yan, Yan, my bad, <laughs> Yan Ranch, <laughs> uh, Yan's Ranch from France. <laughs> hey, I'm Yan, and this is France. <laughs> France Ranch. <laughs> I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is France Ranch. Uh, um, so, like, so I support this, like, a couple different teams, but mostly I'm trying to support a few of the writers who who uh, sure. are not like the big guys who win every year. Team Ineos, formerly Team Sky, is the team that has won like seven of the last seven tours. It's so weird because Ineos is a sponsor on the Mercedes Formula One team this year. And so these, like, European sponsors show up everywhere. Yeah. Like, Santander was, like, a sponsor yeah. on a bunch of teams for a La while. La Liga. Spanish they were, like, team. the entire La Liga sponsor. They sponsored And Ferrari yeah. and Fernando Alonso. And, like, you start to, and then, like, the Santander Spanish Open and stuff like that. And you start seeing all these, like, sponsorships everywhere. Yeah. Well, I just never think of it. Yeah, well, so Ineos, a brand that I've never heard of and probably doesn't have an American market, they're a car manufacturer, apparently. What? Uh, or like, or an oil or a petrol manufacturer. Um, but they, the, they've, they've gone a very interesting route where they've actually named their team, uh, like given them like almost a mascot. And they are now called the Ineos Grenadiers, which is a um, model of car that basically looks like a European Humvee. Um, and they used to be like sponsored by the Discovery Channel. This team that <laughs> was yeah. like all about saving the climate. So every a lot of people, but it's it's just really interesting to see them kind of go in the like. Let's start to try to build some fandom around a team identity as opposed to just like a brand, like um, you know Yumbo Visma, which is a Belgian you know whatever company. But that's the team I like. So uh, the reason I like them though is because they have a guy named Sepp Kuss who's American on the team, and he's oh, the first yeah. time like seeing an American in Europe. Uh, on a team since uh, Lance Armstrong uh, did a terrible <laughs> job. <laughs> and, uh, and Floyd Lundis. Floyd Lundis. <laughs> uh, uh, Ineos is, uh, is one of the world's largest chemical producers. There cool. you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, and their team is named after a, a big car. Um, but so, to, so Team Yumbo Visma has uh, taken the yellow jersey, which is is the team with the rider who is leading uh, the race, who has the best overall time out of all of the stages so far. Um, they took the yellow jersey a couple days ago, and that's the team that Sepp Kuss is on, and he's getting a lot of uh, of um, 
just all, all sorts of accolades just because of the way he's been riding to support his team. He's not the guy that's going to win the tour on his team. Um, he's many minutes back. It's almost an insurmountable task. Um, but he is uh, known as a domestique, which is he supports the lead rider on his team, which is a Slovenian yep. guy named Primoz Roglic, um, who is now wearing the yellow jersey. It's awesome. But anyway, what I want to talk about is that today... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the Tour de France uh, today that uh, Peter Sagan is sponsored by Yans Ranch <laughs> sponsored by Yans Ranch from France uh, Peter Sagan is like one of the overall best sprinters in the game or has been for a long time some say that his mantle is slipping a little bit to a couple other guys anyway he got the equivalent of a like a cycling yellow card today he got a um, what they call is a relegation uh, because he pulled this move uh, and a sprint for the finish line where he he basically elbowed and like headbutted he pulled an Ariaga and tried to like <laughs> illegally push a guy out of the way when they're sprinting as hard as as hard as they can toward the finish line. Uh, something that happened a few weeks ago in Poland during the Tour of Poland, which is like a warm up race for this big Tour of France. Um, a guy like uh, pulled a similar move, and the guy that he did it to hit the barricades and like broke his face and like was in a medically induced coma for weeks and like might never ride again, and he's lucky to be alive. So this oh my God. Peter Sagan guy who um, is is one of he's like dope yeah he's like that was sick uh (laughs) so he he has won the green jersey in the tour every year since he's been writing in it uh over the last like five or six years and uh the green jersey is the best overall points classification it's really hard to explain but anyway it's it's a big it's basically the sprinter's jersey if you're the best sprinter in the race you win that jersey um he because of this move even though it didn't result in a crash uh it was against my other favorite writer uh who writes for Jumbo Visma his name is Wout van Art um he's a Belgian guy go back to our last pod like four weeks ago yeah. to hear that yeah um but he he even though it didn't result in a big crash he got this huge points deduction he ended the right the race uh the stage today in second place but he got relegated all the way back to 85th place and his chance <laughs> of winning the green jersey is basically non-existent uh, at this point alexi and- lawless was drooling at this news <laughs> Wait, was it him or was it Winalda that loves pro rel? Yeah, it's probably it's probably both of them. They're both intolerable. Anyway, so the Tour de France, like the Tour Tower de France, uh, is if if you're like looking for something a little bit more exciting than soccer right now, um, like this race is is one of the most interesting in years because it's not just being dominated by the same team that wins every single year. Uh, There's a big shakeup in the power players. Uh, It's super super interesting to watch. Watch out for teams like Yombo Visma and the Ineos Grenadiers not winning another tour, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's the Tour de France. France brought to you by Jan's Ranch from France. <laughs> yeah, Jan's Ranch, please. Jan's Ranch from France. <laughs> okay, when, when we come back, we'll, um, we'll talk uh, Seattle Sounders FC soccer. Busy week coming up. 